Film Trauma Podcast. I am your host, Rick, and I spend way too much goddamn money on Blu-rays. I was so caught up in buying and collecting all the great titles that I would see on Facebook and Instagram and Reddit and all these collector groups I'm in that I completely lost sight of the thing that I love most about film, was sitting down and watching the movie. So um, I've stopped buying and force myself to watch every single goddamn movie on my shelf. Um, Today, I'm going to... I already watched the televised terror from Vinegar Syndrome, um, Volume 1, with Are You Alone in the House, Calendar Girl Murders, and Child in the Night. Now, I'm not a fact guy. I'm not a I'm not a film historian. I'm not going to go over all the nuances and all this and all that. I can tell you what I thought about the film and which one was the best, which one was the worst, the high points, the low points, kind of all that. Um out of the 3 in this box set, I think that Are You Alone in the House uh Are You in the House Alone was probably the best one in terms of suspense. Um, a film that kept my interest that I thought was done relatively well the story was good um, it, it starts the opening sequence is the opening scene is is our hero our protagonist Gail that's her name Gail let's look at the box Gail has uh, just been through a horrible ordeal she's been assaulted by the villain and she recalls her story to the police. And then um, it flashes back to several months before that, or several weeks, and the story unfolds. So since you start in the beginning of knowing who assaulted her, it puts you in an interesting position as the viewer. Because every male relationship that Gail has, you're forced to question it. Like, is this the is this the perpetrator? Is it the creepy teacher? Is it the boyfriend who's coming on a little too strong? Is it the ex-boyfriend who feels jilted? Who is it? We don't know. And that's the thing that this film does really well, is it is a suspense movie. And for its time on TV, it was really effective. And I can see why, the, you know, it was very memorable. People loved it. And it probably inspired other horror films. Maybe it inspired Scream. Maybe it inspired other things. But I think it definitely was inspired by Halloween and, you know, the other slasher films of the era being from 1978, after all. Um, Very much like When a Stranger Calls and, you know, things like that. So I'm not sure which one came first, this or When a Stranger Calls. But, you know, the girl, it, it just shows the process of Gale being harassed at school. She gets a creepy note, a threatening note. She reaches out for help. She doesn't get help. She gets scary phone calls when she's alone in her house, when she's uh, babysitting at the neighbor's or the teacher's house, excuse me. And, you know, she's sort of, she's taunted by this perpetrator the entire film. And, you know, there's a great moment. The killer or the, 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 the perpetrator reveals himself to her in a great moment. Now, as the audience, if you've been paying attention, if you're invested in the film, you recognize the actor, you know who he is, he's a famous face, and you're like, holy crap, it's this dude, you know? How did I not see that coming? Um, 
and it's crazy. And the film really works very well up until that moment. And then after that, it goes into this whole thing of the fallout from this event and how the justice system doesn't work. And there's themes of like, you know, kids can't talk to their parents because parents don't listen. Um, the father's detached. He's, there's a lot of like, you know, um, you know, male pride and like he loses his job and he doesn't want to tell his family. So he drinks it away and the daughter just won't confront him about it. She can't lean on her parents. So like the themes are real heavy. They clobber you over the head with these themes of like, make sure you're there for your kids, you know, talk to your children, make sure you're available to them. If they have a problem, they can open up to you. And that's, you know, that's really important. It's actually, and it works really well. I didn't really care for the third act of the film. I thought it really fell flat. Kind of shit the bed. But, you know, the first half of it I thought was really good. You know, the first two acts were good. Uh, overall, I enjoyed it. Um, the next film in the box set, Child... No, we'll go with uh, Calendar Girl Murders. I hated it. Absolutely hated it. Thought it was terrible. Very boring. Uninteresting. Terrible acting. Uh, good cast. Robert Culp. Um, Claudia Christian, one of the models. Tom Skerritt, of course. Rip Taylor is in it. Alan Thicke. Sharon Stone. Um, just a solid cast. A really good cast. But um, I thought it was really boring. You know, the idea was there. The idea of a calendar girl from a nude calendar whose father was a millionaire who um, was never there for her and she she becomes a killer and kills off, you know, 12 girls, 12 months. Um, who's going to catch her before she kills again or whatever? And, you know, it's a very interesting and provocative log line, a very interesting idea that is very poorly executed because I think it's a TV movie. If it was a um, a theatrical release and they were able to go all out with it. I think it and take the story in the direction it needed to go. It would have been cool. It would have been fine. But you know, it was like a bad TV episode, and I think that's what some of the strengths and some of the weaknesses for these made-for-TV movies have a lot of. Is that for better or for worse, they are bad TV episodes. And even in the case, especially in the case of A Child in the Night with Elijah Wood. Joe Beth Williams and Tom Skerritt, E.G. Marshall, um, or whoever else. Um, Elijah Wood is completely obnoxious and annoying in this film. I hated watching him. Yeah, he's like eight years old and six years, six years old, whatever. So it kind of gets a pass a little bit. But normally I like Elijah Wood. I like most everything he's in. Thought he was fine. You know, I grew up with him. Um, watching him on TV, I should say, and he's fine. He doesn't normally bother me, but he was completely obnoxious in this. Tom Skerritt is boring, very boring. The only thing he was good in, the best thing he was in, was uh, Alien, you know, and he plays ostensibly the same character in every damn movie he's in. The dude has no range, and he's always the same mustachioed guy, which I guess if you need a mustachioed guy, call Tom Skerritt, but he's boring. He was boring in uh, Calendar Girl Murders. He was he actually that was like the worst thing I've ever seen him in. The acting was terrible in that movie. Um, it was corny and bad. And um, Child in the Night, I will say though, is the best looking and the second best idea 
for a film. It did have some cool moments. It did have a, a raincoat killer with a meat hook, you know, killing a guy, a bloody meat hook, um, a kill on a boat, very much like I know you did last summer. But um, and Joe Beth Williams is great. Knocks it out of the park. She's a, you know, she's a stalwart workhorse. Love her. Love everything she's in. Love watching her. Um, and everyone else delivers a fine performance. But the story really could have been cut and paste and would have been any, it would have fit into any TV show in the 80s. It could have been a Trapper John MD or whatever. I don't know. Hill Street Blues, whatever it was. It just felt like one of those TV episodes for better or for worse. Just, just, just boring, uninspired, uninteresting. You know, I just struggled. I struggled with that one. I didn't find anything uh, particularly enjoyable about it other than the, the raincoat killer and the appearance of some of my, uh, um, some actors I have a soft spot for from the eighties. Of course, like Tom Skerritt and Joe Beth Williams, uh, poltergeist alums, both parts one and three respectively, but um, yeah, and you know the features on this Vinegar Syndrome uh, box set release are bare bones. A couple of audio essays, some trailers, no commentary, nothing really to speak of that I was impressed by. But I will say that Volume One looks great on my shelf, uh, next to my other Vinegar Syndrome releases, and. Uh, I'm glad I watched it. I'm glad that the podcast is inspiring me to burn through all my movies and watch them all and enjoy them. But these I will not be revisiting. I can see, I would definitely watch Are You in the House Alone again. That was enjoyable enough to watch again at some point. Um, But the other two, Calendar Girl Murders and Child in the Night, just terrible. Sharon Stone and Calendar Girl Murders was just insufferable. She was awful, um, annoying. Um, the best thing about Calendar Girl Murders was Rip Taylor, because he's always, always funny. I love him, over the top. But, you know, I like uh, guys like Wee Herman and Emo Phillips and Jim Varney and It's Pat, <laughs> things like that. I, I think obnoxious things are funny. But um, that's the only thing that really worked in that movie. Alan Thicke actually wasn't bad. In Calendar Girl Murders, he was fine, but um, the other, it was a snooze fest. You can skip it. Well, no, don't skip it. If you own it, watch it. You know, that's the biggest takeaway from these experiences. If you own a movie, watch it. Dig into it. There's something good. You can find something good from every movie, and it's going to be. A hard thing for me to say that a, a movie is just outright bad. I can tell you that I didn't like it. You know, I can tell you there's parts I absolutely hated, but I've yet to find just an outright bad movie in here in my collection that I've that I've bought. Maybe I'll find it. I hope I do. I hope I find a movie that's so bad that I can't even sit through it because of for whatever reason. But um, yeah. So anyway, that was the box set. I uh, unsuccessfully bid on the Al Adamson Severin box set. And I hate all of you who throw these things up on eBay for five, $600. And I hate Severin for not reprinting this thing. It drives the secondary market prices through the roof. 
I think it's, I have no idea. I don't know anything about the industry. I'm just a harsh, uninformed critic. So talking out of my ass, but it, it bothers me. I hate these out of print things. I think that these movies should be accessible for everybody. You should be able to watch them if you want. And it pisses me off. It bugs me. It bothers me that they see these DVDs, Blu-rays for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars. That the, There's box sets that are the price of a PS5. It bothers the shit out of me. But, hey, that's whatever. That's what it is in these niche markets. You get these ultra-rare items. Limited edition slipcases. One, you know, like the new um, Invisible Maniac slipcase. Uh, it's going for $130, the slipcase alone, from the Vinegar Syndrome sale. That's ridiculous. Lenticular uh, slipcover for that. It, it, drives me, it drives me insane. That, that's, uh, that's obnoxious. But hey, whatever. Capitalize where we can capitalize, I guess. We all got to try to get ahead somehow. So still, I'm still mad at you about it. I still don't like it. Mostly because I'm jealous. I don't have the Al Adamson box set, which I will one day. I'll pick it up for under $600. That's absurd. That's absolutely absurd. I've been able to uh, obtain every single Severin box set except for that one. It was just a little bit before my time, a little bit before collecting Severin titles that that came out, and I slept on it. I should have picked it up when I had the chance, and I didn't didn't know enough about it. But I have every single other one, so it's just uh, chasing the dragon, right? So anyway, chase that Bigfoot. You see it in the wild, try to get a glimpse of it, and you fail every time. Anyway, so that's... uh, that's my review. Actually, it's not even a review. That's just my reaction. It's what I've taken away from my experience with the Vinegar Syndrome Televised Terror Volume 1 box set. I hope at some point we get a Volume 2. I will say that the box set is beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. I love the way it looks. It's great. It looks fantastic. If you can pick it up cheap, get it. Don't spend too much money on it unless you are a big fan of Tom Skerritt, at least. Or you really want a copy of Are You in the House Alone? Um, or if you're a Tom Skerritt completionist or a Sharon Stone completionist, maybe a Rip Taylor com- completionist. So, but anyway, um, thanks for tuning in. And if you'd like to discuss movies with me and um, um, offer me a copy of your Al Adamson box set, why don't you check me out on Instagram, Film Trauma or Film Trauma Podcast, something like that. You'll find it on there anyway. We can chat about uh, movies. We can look at uh, shelfies. We can send shelfies back and forth. Talk about uh, your your the best and the worst of all that stuff that you like. Um, but no recommendations because I don't really care about what anyone likes but me. So there's that. So yeah, uh, I don't know what are we gonna watch next. I was thinking about that when I was taking the disc out of the player and. I did actually, Indicator had a sale, um, and it's a UK company. I do have a region-free player, so I did pick up some Indicator titles. And I picked up like an absurd amount of Indicator titles for like $50. It was ridiculous the amount I picked up because they were just pennies on the dollar, you know, just a few bucks for some of these releases. Um, I'm, in, I'm looking forward to digging into them. I have uh, road games over there. I've got a few that I see. My Mondo Macabro 
section is hearty and filled out, looking good. My Grindhouse collection is all filled up. My American Genre film section is super nice looking. So who knows, maybe I'll dig into one of those or maybe my Severin shelf. I'll pull something out of there. We'll see. Oh, maybe Four Flies on Grey Velvet. We'll do that. Maybe we'll do that because that just arrived in the mail yesterday from the Black Friday sale. Uh, Severance Black Friday sale. First time on Blu-ray, four disc with a slipcover. Dario Argento's Immortal Four Flies on Black Velvet. I've not seen it. Um, I think it is the first time on Blu-ray. And there's a a bunch more. I picked up the bundle. It was the the Grade 8 bundle or something like that. It was way too much money. But um, there's like a Jess Franco movie in there, Mario Bava, two Argento movies, and some other like sleazy movies. I'm really interested in getting to, into those, but for the time being, I'm not buying anything. I'm I'm gonna watch every single damn movie on my shelf. And uh, there's the Arrow box set. He came from the swamp. I'd like to watch that. The problem is once I start these box sets, I'm gonna have to do the whole box set. And this was uh this was a chore getting through these. But uh yeah, I don't know, maybe I'll just do a single title. Maybe Cop Game from Severance. Or Cop something. What does that say? Cop game. Whatever. Maybe we'll do that. Maybe an action movie. Or uh, I don't think I don't know if I have any more Christmas movies left over there, but uh dig into it. Alright, see you later. <laughs>